Hello, Discover here to explain our cash back match. Here's how it works. We give you cash back for using your Discover card on the things you were going to buy anyway. Then we match that cash back in your first year. And that's why we call it Cashback Match. Now to recap and say cash back one more time. We match all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year automatically. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. More than one in three people will face cancer in their lifetime. Unfortunately, fear can stop you from getting your cancer screening, but it won't stop cancer. Early detection can save your life. Don't wait for symptoms to appear to act. Cancer screening is safe, effective, and accessible for everyone, including free or low-cost screening programs. Go to cancerscreeninfo.com right now for free screening resources and recommendations from the American Cancer Society. Don't wait. Early detection can save your life. Go to cancerscreeninfo.com today. Cancerscreeninfo.com. Today on the ZabeCast, Super Bowl stories. Ever had that dream where you show up to the airport in your underwear? We've got Bob and Brian on board today. We'll talk humanzies and other animals that would be badass sports team nicknames. Super Bowl party prototypes, Hillary Clinton's runner-up prize for the election, a guacamole for 36 bucks. Get out of here. You got about an hour to kill, then buckle up and let's go. Here we go. It is absurd to think that one Nick Foles could wind up beating Tom Brady in Minneapolis on Super Sunday in superb owl L-I-I, but it could happen, and that's what makes football in part so awesome. Anything can happen. Welcome to the ZabeCast for Wednesday, January 31st. I am Steve Zabin. I host a show in Washington, D.C. from 4 to 7 p.m. in the afternoons on ESPN 980 Radio. Thank you for finding this little podcast. And I thank you for your time and your ears and for putting up with about an hour of bonus unique content that I will try, as always, to do my best to embargo from all the other platforms, whether it's ESPN 980 show, or whether it's Bob and Brian on 1029 The Hog. We try to keep this stuff here, stuff that I haven't done anywhere else. But back to the Foles thing versus Brady. He could win the game. There's no question about it. Yes, the quarterback is the most important player on a football team at any level of football. He touches the ball the most on offense, the most difficult position to play. The NFL, the quarterback, Haves and the quarterback have-nots are the most exacerbated, are the most dramatic when it comes to, well, you don't have a quarterback, so I don't know why you're playing the season. Have fun, though. Have fun playing the season. I mean, there's some teams this past year that they went into the season and everyone knew, yeah, you have fun playing the season because you're not going to do shit. We know that for a fact. Well, wait, our linebackers are pretty good. and our What? No, you don't have a quarterback. The Jets, the Browns, the Niners, they all went into the season saying, no chance. But here's the case of Nick Foles, who had the Eagles gone into the season with Nick Foles and played the entire year with Nick Foles, then I think it's reasonable to say they most almost certainly likely would have been fucked. They would not have amassed the record they did. They would not have secured home field advantage, and they would not be having the kind of season they are. But he didn't have to play all year. He just had to play at the end. And he had two short games at home. They escaped the Falcons. 
They overwhelmed the Vikings. And now here he is on the biggest of stages. I'm trying to squint my eyes hard enough to see the confetti falling down around Nick Foles' head and thinking, what would this mean to him? What would this be as a life-changing experience? I'm also trying to think, well, wait a minute. Would he be the worst quarterback to win the Super Bowl? And I think the answer is probably. Really worse than Trent Dilfer, who won it really through no work of his own with the uh, uh, Baltimore Ravens. That year they were off the charts defensively. Yeah, I would say arguably worse because I don't think Foles was drafted as high as Trent Dilfer. What does draft status have to do with it? Well, nothing in theory. I'm just trying to rate who was the better quarterback, quarterback prospect, pure talent, etc., etc. Jeff Hostetler won one with the San Francisco, or excuse me, with the New York Giants, the New York football Giants against uh, the Bills. That was the Norwood Super Bowl. All hail the New York Giants. All hail the New York Giants. Hostetler would be amongst that category of worst quarterbacks to have won the Super Bowl. Jim McMahon was not a good quarterback. Yes, he was the punky QB we call McMahon. But uh, he was not a great quarterback that wanted. Brad Johnson was just okay with Tampa Bay. So it has happened before, and it will happen again, and that's the beauty of football. It could possibly happen that Nick Foles, a journeyman backup, could win the Super Bowl. Here's the other thing that I just thought of. And it's an angle I'm sure it's going to be written about if it's not already talked about. Maybe my phrasing of it, though, is slightly different than others. You've got Tom Brady, the quarterback who wants to play forever, versus Nick Foles, the quarterback who almost quit because football was too hard and nobody wanted him. Foles said that after he washed out following the Chip Kelly breakout season, the 27 touchdowns over two INT season, the Uh, with the Chip Kelly-led offense that was turning the league upside down for a short period, and after he got traded to St. Louis, and after enduring a wonderful year of Jeff Fisher and his brilliance as a head coach and an offensive mind, that uh, after that year he was waiting for somebody to come pick him up, somebody to you know give him a contract for the following year, and he was out there on the free agent market for a while, and that was the time in which Nick Foles said he really, really thought about, should I still be doing this? Should I quit? What's going on? He said he asked God for a sign. He said, please, just write it on a wall or something. I want to know. Andy Reid picked him up in Kansas City, and that's where his career got resurrected. And then he landed in Philadelphia where he was fine. He was great. He was great, long as you didn't have to play him, actually. I love that line about backup quarterbacks. I think Tom Lovero gave that to us on the sports reporters one day, me and Andy. Something about some backup. He's like, oh, no, he's great as long as you have to play him. <laughs> but wait, he's the backup. He might actually have to play. Oh, no, I know that. I'm just saying he's a great backup. Oh, okay, so you're agreeing that he's good unless you have to play him. Oh, well, why is he a good backup? Sort of a, sort of a self-negating 
type of line, almost like the Groucho Marx line about, I wouldn't join any country club that would have me as one of their members. (laughs) It's one that you got to think about. So we've got in the quarterbacks the man who would play forever versus the guy who almost quit because football is too hard and nobody wanted him. Hmm. Interesting. Or maybe not. Maybe not. We'll see. My goal is for Thursday, tomorrow's ZabeCast, to have some Minnesota fresh audio for you as I land in Minnesota on Wednesday and do my show. And hopefully uh, everything works out okay. Flight lands, luggage arrives, get to Radio Row, credentials there, don't freeze. I find somebody interesting or a few people interesting and I pull them aside and I smash my microphone in front of them for 10 minutes or so and I get you some fresh Minnesota, Minnesota fresh Radio Row interesting audio for at least the last two days of this week, and then i got to figure out how I'm going to do this Zabecast on Monday following the Super Bowl because my flight leaves at 8 a.m. local time. I won't get out of the stadium till super-duper late. You know what? Fuck it. I'll just record it in my hotel room. Question is, how am I going to see the ads? You know what? i got the Internet, right? I'll be able to see the ads on the Internet. I'll figure out a way. I'll figure out a way. In the meantime, let's go Super Bowl stories. Day number three. Day one was Joe Namath's guarantee. Day two was surviving the nightmare before the game. And number three is, yo, where's my helmet? There's a commercial right now for Geico, I believe, in which the intergalactic captain says, don't worry, I got this star battle. All I need is my car. Is All I need is my is my fighter jet or my you know, intergalactic fighter. All I need is, where's my keys? Uh, where's my keys? Uh, where's the captain's keys, please? Very funny commercial. Very funny concept. This happened once in the Super Bowl. If you're not old enough to remember, it wasn't that long ago. In fact, last time this game was held in Minneapolis, my Redskins won their third and final, to date, Super Bowl trophy by beating the Buffalo Bills and Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas and a whole bunch of really good players and a whole bunch of Hall of Famers in the mix as well. What happened was Thurman Thomas, after the Buffalo Bills had started the game on defense, they forced a three and out punt, Redskins punted away. Bills get the ball and here they come. They're coming out to try to avenge previous losses. And let's see which one this was. This was the, well, this would be their second go at it. They lost to the Giants the year before. On the Norwood miss, 20-19, to 19. they had no idea they'd be back two more times and get routed two more times by the Cowboys following this game and then the Cowboys again in Atlanta. So this was their second crack at it, and they force a three and out, and the Buffalo Bills come out on the field on offense. And next thing you know, it's not Thurman Thomas, their Hall of Fame running back. It is Kenneth Davis, their backup tailback, who took the first handoff of the game from Jim Kelly. What was going on? Well, Thurman Thomas lost his helmet. Sometime during the pregame, sometime during the anthem, sometime, who knows how, lost it. The equipment staff was frantically running around looking at helmets. You'd think that they would have clear names on them. You'd think that his face mask would be easy to spot. He had a very basic face mask that was pretty much a a four-quadrant face mask, just, you know, simple single bar across, single bar down the middle. 
you would have thought, how can you lose a helmet? Like, even if you lose a helmet, how long could it take to find it? Well, they didn't find it that first drive, and the Bills ended punting away the football, and the rest went downhill from there. Thomas got his helmet finally and got in on the second set of downs. He ended up rushing only for 13 yards on 10 attempts. The Redskins jumped out to a quick 24-0 lead early in the third quarter. Jim Kelly had a terrible day, four interceptions, two of them coming deep in Bill's territory, and they turned into Redskins touchdowns. Of Bu- uh, he also had two of Buffalo's incredible six fumbles in the game. Six fumbles, four interceptions. Kelly was sacked five times. Listen, the Redskins were a great team that year, 91. They might have been the best Redskin team of all the three Super Bowl teams. It was the only non-strike team that won the Super Bowl for the Redskins. I count all the trophies the same either way. In fact, I think the strike and the lockout year Super Bowls include were some of the best, most proud Super Bowls that we have, that our team found a way to get it done despite all the craziness and turmoil of work stoppages those years in 82 and 86 or 82 and 87. Yeah, 82 and 87. is 83 and 88, I believe. The Super Bowls were... Mark Rippon that year had been sacked just 11 times all year. I think 11. Don't quote me on that. Andy will know the number next time I talk to him. But it was an re- absurd number of times. I mean, Rippon sat back there in the pocket with the Hogs, and it was like sitting in the most comfortable lifeguard chair on the beach on a clear, sunny day. Just looking out, who should I throw to here? So it probably didn't matter that Thurman Thomas had lost his helmet, but it was very symbolic. And it became the stuff of legend that when the big moment came after all the lead-up, all the prep, all the hype to the game, here's their star running back. Where's my helmet? Who lost my helmet? I like digging holes and hiding things inside them. When I grow old, I hope I won't forget to find them. Cause I've got memories and travel like gypsies in the night. Yeah, all right, Bob and Brian joining me now as they do every week on the bonus save cast, another 20 minutes of us. Hello, chuckleheads. How are we doing this week? You talking to us? <laughs> you talking to us? Morning, Stephen. You talk- good good day. I shouldn't. I should. Uh, you don't want to be time sensitive, so forget about that morning thing. Good morning, Steve. Uh, hello, yes. Steve. Good morning, hello. nondescript podcast listening yeah. time. It could be any time that you right. might be downloading this and listening sure. to it on any time zone. Did you see Brian? That apparently a hundred years ago they crossbred a man with a chimpanzee, and then the uh, the uh, lab techs quickly killed it in a panic. No. No, I haven't seen this one. No. How could you not see this? There's a photo of it as well. Really? Yes. Going Ape is the story from The Sun in the UK. Sure, what else would you call it? Right. Inside the bizarre world of human-chimp hybrids known as humanzies, (laughs) as a renowned... A renowned scientist claims one was born in a Florida lab before being killed by panicked doctors. We're talking about like 1918, 1920s. 1920s. This was done yeah, in the, the 1920s. Roaring 20s. Quite 100 years ago. Yeah. 
Yes, wow. humanzies. Humanzies. Yep. <laughs> what were they breeding them for? What was the point? What were they doing? Just, see just if they to could see do what it? happens. Okay, let me see what you know, for. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. have soldiers. <laughs> right. I love how when they're like, oh my God, it actually was born. Kill it. Kill it quickly. <laughs> who, was given, who was given the job of killing it? And with what item would you kill an mm. infant, a mm. fetus, humanzie? This uh, we don't even have the right number of chromosomes to line up. We there's there's no there's no cross there's no crossbreeding. <laughs> That's disgusting. No chimp man. Do you think thing. Do you think some woman had no, no, no? Why no. not? Because we have petri dishes for it's this sort the, of thing. It's the twenties. Because I've watched Johnny Quest. I know how these things work. Well, Dr. Quest. This is, this is horrifying. Of course it's to, horrifying. Let me introduce you to what my chimpanzee. Uh, what if it was a charming date with the chimpanzee? <laughs> no. And it read like, really, really well. It's not going to be a charming date. Maybe a mystery date. Do you remember that game? You opened the door for your mystery date. And it was, oh, and it's a chimpanzee. <laughs> monkey. Ah! Well, no. In this the case, mo- the woman would, it would be a chimp. And she'd shrug her shoulders and go, eh. I've been out with worse guys than this. <laughs> date goes well. Date goes well. Day. A little bit of wine, a nice steak. Next thing you know, there was an episode Humanzy. of Love American Style where Larry Storch was a chimpanzee <laughs> but became human. Really? And About but he that. kept acting like a chimpanzee on the date. Uh, just in general, yeah. Mm-hmm. I forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, Exactly what happened, but he still did like the well scratched his head. All I one hand, uh, yeah, he acted like a chimp. All all I know is that I need to quickly move in and acquire the ironclad rights to Humanzies as a sports team nickname, and I need to get a Humanzi logo for that. That's a good idea in this day and age with all the uh, political correctness. Yeah, what are you going to use for a logo? You're going to depict one of us. Part chimp, a part humanzy? dude. I'm offended. A dude, bro, wearing a Wait. Hawaiian shirt. A <laughs> dude. The humanzies will <laughs> not like this. Okay. With a tail. <laughs> With a tail. Uh, chimps don't have tails, do they? You're talking. No, chimps don't have tails. Right. Monkeys have tails. God, okay. And so and much for my and and, idea. and gorillas just have big asses and huge quads, and then baboons have the red asses. <laughs> Which no one ever explained to me. Like, why is is that thing from sitting around all day? Why do baboons have red asses? You ever see a monkey war? No. Seriously. A monkey a, war or a chimp? Turf battle. war. They'll battle over fig trees. Oh, yeah, monkeys? Yeah. Okay, because I've go seen in, the chimp will, battles and they're they're ferocious. They, they are will, terrifying. Yeah, they will go in. They're like they know what they're doing. They they go in and they flank and they you know they have they know where they're coming from and there's no escape route for the ones that they're attacking for you know to run them out for their fig trees. And then what they'll do is the senior members of the uh triumphant monkey army that has taken over yeah. will eat. Some of its opponents that it's killed, wow. they'll tear tear them from limb limb from yeah. limb, and some get absorbed into the new army. Uh, some are just run off, some are eaten. And then under the new NFL rules, they'll do a coordinated end zone celebration after they've ripped the arms <laughs> off of their opponents. I was they'll say, use the arms put it as all props. Breaks down if you shoot up their communications. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, chimps would make an awesome team nickname, but as you're correct in saying, Brian. There is too much sensitivity around racial epithets hurled around, you know, black people, African-Americans being referred to as chimps, monkeys, apes, or whatever, even though you and I know we all came 
from primates. We all share the same ancestral tree. White, black, brown, yellow, everyone. Right? Why don't gorillas get uh, used as... There's one, there's one school, it's Pittsburgh State in Kansas, oh, that are the that, gorillas. Yeah. But yeah. it's not used because, again, it, it runs into that sensitivity area where all it takes is one asshole, one racist asshole, <laughs> who wants to you know, make a deal of, mm-hmm. you know, like, you, you use, like, let's say there's a black player on the gorillas. And then some guy for the other, some fan for the other team creates a poster that has well, a Patrick picture Ewing of the guy. Patrick had that happen all the time when he was yes. playing at Georgetown. Yes, exactly, exactly. In fact, uh, in fact, a tennis announcer got fired for saying that Venus or Serena Williams was using gorilla tactics at the net when he clearly meant gorilla, gorilla. as in G U E R. Like as Martin in short, tried to uh, differentiate in Captain Ron. Gur, not go. Gur. <laughs> yeah. Right. And still, it wasn't enough that they just said, now, uh, the, the PC mob has spoken off with your head. Just use octopus. Some... That's another... There's a lot of animals that aren't being used. There's True. no There's no manatees out there. They're not very tough. The manatees but... suck, though. I know. Manatees are not but worthy. But there's plenty of sucky animals being used as uh, mascots. All right, let me hear. I'm not too fond of uh, cardinals. That's a weak one. It's just bird a little... Peter bird. It's a, timor- it's, it's a timid bird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They're just a little flighty bird. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you're the octopuses, what's that going to get shortened to? The octs? No. The, the puss. Yeah, you're going to be Where the puss. Go, you puss. Yeah, yeah right. right. You're puss? People, yeah, I am. People will print out pictures of sushi and say, we just did this to your team. <laughs> Even though I don't think you eat octopus and sushi, right? It's calamari, right? Or That's is that squid. Calamari squid. squid. Sorry. Do we eat octopus? Um, I don't think so. I think we eat squid in, in the Humans. U.S. Is it a dish? Is octopus a dish? Yeah. Somewhere it is. Where have you had it? I haven't had it, but it's eaten in, like, Japan. Okay. I don't, I've never heard of octopus being eaten. So. Well, it's not on the menu at McDonald's, so. Hey, easy now. Someday it will be. <laughs> Maybe it will. <laughs> uh, puss Bites, uh, five ninety nine <laughs> for four. Mick. Puss bites. Puss bites, right, exactly. All right, let's what switch. What kind of sauce would you like with that? I'll take the mustard. Uh, I'll take the ink sauce, actually. Yeah. Uh, I want some of the ink the octopus squirted to escape and just mm, dip it in there. What if octopus ink was the most delicious tasting sauce ever? Fine, I'm in. Then we'd breed them. Yeah, I'm in. We'd, we'd breed them, and then we would put them in these awful contraptions out of the water and, <laughs> and make them. Em. And make them. <laughs> <laughs> Their octopus ink, <laughs> and put it in to... giant containers. But <laughs> and here's sell the it. thing. Here's the thing about the octopus. Nobody's coming to the rescue. They're if not. What? They they're don't not have cute. They don't have cute big eyes. They're in a cage. They do have big eyes. They have the biggest yeah, but eyes not, of any critter. They're not they just, cute. They're not cute. Yeah, they got that beak too. Yeah. that they crush shells with. They, they have a beak they... in their crotch. <laughs> a crotch with eight legs. <laughs> wow, what a setup. Yeah. No, it, uh, octopus is fascinating. But, you know, you got to be in water to defeat anything, and they can be eaten by sharks and other animals. So uh, They eat sharks, too. Did you ever see that I video? I know. I've seen that. Where they just they, lay there, shark passes over, they wrap them up, and they, they kind of... Yeah, they, they eat the pussy sharks. Oh, Steve. They don't eat the tough sharks. Here's the key. If you're attacked by a shark while we're in Jamaica, and we'll be there before long, you know I that. I know. I can't wait. It's amazing. you got to roll them over. Oh, and then rub their belly, and they get fall them asleep. On, get them on their back, and they go into some sort of hypnotic yeah, yeah. brain overload. 
I'm sure I'll be able to do that as I'm searing in pain <laughs> from having my arm nearly ripped off its socket with blood all over the place. I'll calmly go, okay, you've prepared for this. You know the drill. Roll, pet, and put to sleep. Wait, wait you're the guy who got face-to-face with like a 15-foot croc. Right. No. You're, uh, you're not afraid face of a to crocodile. Tail. I was face-to-tail from about 20 feet away, and you know that's the case. At least 20 feet away. Famous last words from everybody who's attacked by an animal, Steve. Boy, that ha- he moved quick. <laughs> yeah, I was quick. I know that so fast. I didn't think he could do that. I didn't think he could, A, climb a tree, B, swim in water, D, run over this item, or D, jump over the fence, yeah. or E, reach his arm through the cage. <laughs> Whatever action you think an animal can't do, you could be unpleasantly surprised. So watch it. Assume they can do everything. All right. Let's change the uh, topic to Super Bowl party types. Are you guys having a Super Bowl party, either one of you, for this game on Sunday? I have no plans to go anywhere or do anything. What constitutes a party? What do you mean party? Before I answer that, let me back up. When was the last time either one of you hosted people on the Super Bowl? I have never. Never. Okay. Bob? I went to a party at Bob's house once. Yeah. I think it was a Bills Cowboys. Uh, Boy, that was thing. a while ago. Really, that was the last time you were over for a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. When really was it? When I remember. Next question: When was the last time you guys went to somebody else's place to watch the big game? I boy, I couldn't tell you. Bob, eighty-five. Uh, yeah, my house, right? Bob's house. <laughs> really. Probably. Uh, boy, I'm not a fan of going out for the Super Bowl because it's so late and it's on a Sunday night. And That's I gotta right. Get to bed. That's right. And I got to be here, you know, on the air the next day. And I got to be sharp. I got to be good. Can't you show up? Got to be sharp. Plus, the best seat is my couch. Okay. Yeah. So you guys don't go out. And you don't host. I've so done. Maybe, no, no. I've I've done you've it. Done it's, it. It's been, it's been a, a while. while. Okay. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, can we all agree that the NFL should really push to go Super Bowl Saturday? so we can all sleep in and watch the highlights and revel in the game on Sunday morning. Wouldn't that be the best? I'm fine with that. They've played, you know, conference championships on, on Saturdays, haven't they? Not that con- Yes. Yes. I believe Wait. they used no, well, those to are stagger on Sunday, those. Back-to-back. I believe there's probably once upon a time, Bob, there is a AFC game on Saturday and an NFC game on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Maybe right. just because they did things differently. They used to give home field advantage on an alternating basis in the division or in are, the conference. Are they ready to say Super Bowl Saturday? No, and that's the thing. Yeah. Super Sunday. They don't want right. to do that. What the league really would want to do, because they do realize the value in having that day off on Monday to get everyone back from the Super Bowl and everything else, is they want to push this all the way to President's Day in the middle of February. They want to expand the season, right? Isn't that the next holiday that comes up in February? Whatever, uh, uh, or is it Martin Luther King Day? Excuse me. Martin Luther King Day. January. Oh, it is? Yep. Okay. I got a calendar here somewhere. I could probably look this up. They want to get to... President's Day, I think... They want to get to mid-Feb... So they can play the game on a Sunday night and have Monday off for everyone for the most Why part. Why not just have, you know, football day where after the day after the <laughs> Super Bowl, it's a, ho- it's a day it off. It is. It's President's Day, Feb 19. 
this year. Feb 19 uh, is it's President's easier Day. easier just to give you the Monday after the Super Bowl off. Make why, it a national day off. Why would, why would your employer want to give you another paid day off? Exactly. To, see, that's the thing. There's nothing in it for them. Right. Other than how are you going to force them? them? Yeah. What are we, France, Brian? Come on. <laughs> We're a hustling country, man. Got to make a buck. This country passes federal holidays if all the like time. If you'd like to use a personal but some day. State, okay, some states, do, well, it's a, if it's a federal holiday, you have to recognize it, right? Uh, yeah. How, but remember the whole Martin the Luther King closing? Day? Remember, sure. the, remember the MLK Day controversy with Arizona where they didn't recognize it? They, mm-hmm. they lost the Super Bowl because of it, yes, didn't they? They yanked so. the Super Bowl out of there, right? Yeah, and they forgot to reserve the building, too. There was a dance competition, so they <laughs> lost it because of that. <laughs> oh, shit. We should have <laughs> saved the date. <laughs> well, have you going to a Super Bowl party, what are the typical Super Bowl party prototypes you see there? You see the glutton. You see the house inspector. You see the coordinator. You see the gambler, you see the pool guy, you see the guy that knows just enough about the game to be dangerous, you see the let's go home, it's already halftime guy. That's me. Is that you? That's why I don't want to go, I don't want to be classified, I sure don't want to be the glutton, but hey. Okay. Who's going to be? The fat guy, that's who. (laughs) Everyone's a glutton when they get there because they load up, it's, you know, everybody loads their first plate when you get to that party. It's like, and then you kind of graze after that. You walk back during commercial, you grab a celery Are you stick. a plate loader? First time. At any buffet? Uh, the first time, because I'm sure I'm not coming back. Interesting. You know I mean? it's, like when you're, it's like when you're... How about at a buffet in Vegas? Are you a plate loader there? I, uh, probably. Yeah. Knowing that the buffet is not going anywhere. Right. Knowing that there's really no line, <laughs> are you a plate loader? In Vegas, are they... There's no bottom to any of the real, you know, the steamer little tins. And there's right? no, you're not they up just against keep refilling them. Well, you're not up against the clock either. It's Vegas. We're exactly. open all the time. What right. time do you close? We're Vegas. We haven't closed in 17 years. When somebody comes back with a giant plate of stuff, do you feel obliged to send a zinger in there? Like, you sure got enough? <laughs> <laughs> the ocean called. Yeah, they're on right. the shrimp. Hey, uh, it is. You know, you can go back. You know. Right. <laughs> what is this death row? Got enough to eat there? Either way. It doesn't look good. If some guy goes back to the buffet 50 times or he comes back with three gigantic plates, uh, it's 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 just not going to go How well. about the meat connoisseur who, no matter what meat you serve, wings, ribs, he'll say how he does it, Bob, better on his insert expensive grill accessory <laughs> here guy. There's one trick to grilling something and having it good and juicy. What's that? Low heat. Low and slow. Don't, look, you're doing it. Don't. You're the one. No, it's it. There's no trick. No, That's no, it. Look at this is what you're There's doing. Because you're the guy who's going to say, I always go low, low and slow. Low and slow. Low and slow. It takes time. You want it to be good? It's going to take time. You want it to be dry and tough? Sure, turn up the heat. can make anything in five minutes. How about the expletive? Throw 18,000 BTUs at that thing. How about at Super Bowl parties, the expletive blowtorch guy who thinks he's in his own basement <laughs> screaming out, fuck! <laughs> You suck shit, you asshole. And everyone's like, hey, we're at a party here, Why are you such a pussy? (laughs) Yeah, right. Get up. That's not a knee injury. (laughs) Fucking suck. Right? Dude, my kids are here. (laughs) Dude, my kids are right there. And that brings us to the other prototype, the babysitter guy. 
where he brings his kids, even though it was generally frowned upon, and insists they will not be a problem. Oh, don't worry. They got their iPads and their bag. They got their iPads and their bag of goldfish. I'll just put them over here in this other room while we well, watch the, the game. If the host has kids, then no, well, the kids will play. Depends on the age of the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But do those kids that kids, are brought... They, they don't like each other. What if the, what if the host kids are assholes or the kids that you brought are assholes. You know, kids can be assholes. Oh, that's their default setting. <laughs> it's when they're nice that you wonder, what's wrong with you, man? What's going on here? It's like when that host called Tom Brady's kid a piss ant, I would say, oh, you have no idea. Like I would say, I wouldn't get offended if someone called my kid a piss ant. I would say, yeah, yeah, that's uh, how she can be at times. But if she has other good of, moments If as I well. have a lot of requests for interviews and I don't really feel like doing them and I grudgingly accept and someone gives me a way out, yeah, I'm going to say sorry. Yeah, well, that's kind of what Brady over, did. And I don't know what the context was either. I think if someone called my son something like that, I'd be done. Okay. What other Super Bowl <laughs> I prototype? Would, I, would sure I, would. I would have to see what they were talking about first because I may agree, yeah. Yeah, no. Bob, you you of all people, you have hey. a tough love parenting that produced three beautiful, self-sufficient, go-getter daughters. My daughters are, I tell them all the time. The They're dudes chart. with curls. I always tell them the depth chart's always changing. Right now, you're a three. got to work your way back up. <laughs> that one over there, she's number one. That was number one on my depth no, chart right now. I'd, I bet th- I'd be out. I I'd, would be out. I bet a therapist, Bob, would say, yeah, Robert, we, we don't really want to rank the children. Oh, I'm sure they would have advised it me not to causes... move with them when they were getting food out of the pantry, too, while they were in high school. <laughs> Something I always used to do to them when they'd be standing there looking wow. at the Cheez-Its or Man. the Chips Ahoy. Yeah, that's what I do. And then they go, and they'd look at me, I go, yeah, your your future husband, your future husband will thank me, is all I used to say. <laughs> or you could eat that, and in 10 years, when it's Friday night, and you're 300 pounds, and you're home with me and your mother, you can say, Daddy, how come no one ever calls? Oh, oh, oh wow. Yeah. I used to go through this. They'll verify it. That's awesome. When are you writing that parenting book? Because I'm buying it. <laughs> It's a little bit late for me because my kids are almost out of the house now. We've done the best we can. So, All right, just to close on this, I know this is going to potentially be divisive for those. This is going to be politics. Can we talk politics for just a second or something that is political? You like sports? Not a sports fan? Not a sports fan? (laughs) Not a sports fan, huh? This is a sports (laughs) podcast. I'm going to tie it into sports in a way that I – think it's sports-ish, and I'm going to try to be as non-judgmental and as bipartisan, not bipartisan, as non, non-partisan, non that's what I'm thinking. Try to make it non-partisan, okay? Did you see, I'm sure you saw this, Brian, and probably you too, Bob, Hillary Clinton agreeing to do a star turn on the Grammys, reading a section of the Trump book, The Fire and the Fury. I read about it, and I heard a clip on uh, on a, a radio station, but I didn't see it. Okay. So here you have the loser of the last presidential election agreeing to go on the Grammys and reveal herself. A it celebration was... of music. Right. <laughs> At, right. She's a Grammy winner. Mm. Spoken word. Yeah. For what? It Takes a Village? Her book. Yeah. Oh, Some, wow. A, a right. while back. So so here she is she she and it was well done from just a execution standpoint they were auditioning people to read the book for this for the audio audio book and they're trying people out trying people out and they're like well let's try one more 
and her face is behind the book, and she starts reading, and then she slowly drops the book, and everyone rapturously applauses, applauds, and she smiles broadly. Okay. Well executed. Here's my question. This is balloon head of hers. Never mind. Anyway, (laughs) here's the question I have from a sports standpoint. If you are team donkey and your coach just fucked up the most unfuck upable (laughs) election of all time that is causing disastrous uh, in your mind, it's causing a disaster of policies being undone and Obama's legacy being undone as well. And she she was the one that fucked it up by her decisions and by the fact that she sucked as a candidate and that she didn't go to Wisconsin to shore up what might have been a weak spot and made excuses left and right. Well, it was this, it was that, it was the Russians. If you are a Team Donkey member, wouldn't you seethe with anger that she would even agree to that? Nobody on Team Donkey thinks that is what happened. No one on Team Donkey is is really putting the blame on Hillary. It was the Russians. It was James Comey. It was uh, all of her bad advisors. She didn't even understand that she was fucking it up. So, in other words, you don't think there's any Democrats, and maybe we'll hear from some that email the podcast here, any Democrats that see it and go, yeah, I was fucking pissed. Like, this is of no use to us now. She fucked up the election, and I don't want to see her making ha-has about some fanfic book that is, you know, just to appease the Trump haters out there. This is bullshit. I'm seethingly mad. Because here's how I thought about it, Brian. If it was, it was reversed and there was a Republican who fucked up an unfuckable election, and he was on a TV show reading books like that, I'd be mad. I'd be very mad. I'd be like, get that guy out of here. He's a loser. There might be uh, rank-and-file Democrats. There might be some people that think that, but you're not going to see him on TV. You're not going to be on CNN or MSNBC. So what percentage of the people who voted for Hillary, roughly Were mad speaking, at that Grammy bit? Yeah. Oh, single digits. Really? Sure. Uh, well, that, to me is sad because politi- for them, it's sad for them because politics is about winning elections. It should be, right? You can't, contr- you can't govern if you don't win elections, and elections have consequences. And this was a layup election that she blew it. And I'm thinking, man, you should be mad at her. You should be like, just go away. She's also not going away. Remember right after the election they said, oh, she'll probably just quietly retire and work on her memoirs. Oh, no. She's still every bit as much out there. Well, she took a walk in the woods that day. That's right. It? And took a, took a selfie with a, with a hiker who recognized right. her. A, a stranger who came across <laughs> her path that day. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hello, stranger. Who had been vetted from 100 possible strangers who just fit the right, right demographic profile. And the stranger said, aren't you former presidential candidate Hillary Clinton? Why, said, yes, I am. I didn't recognize you without your pantsuit. What I'm are you just, doing here in the woods? I'm just Hillary. Uh, John Kerry said he might take a run at 2020 again. But Clinton's not going away because no. being Hillary Clinton is still the best job she's ever had. And she's not dead yet. So why would you, you stop seen, being how much Hillary have you seen Clinton? Mitt Romney since he lost the presidential election? Not much. Other than the health news that I How you much know, you see Bob up? Dole after he lost uh, his That's right. Uh, run? That's right. Not much. 
And if Bob Dole, think of some other guys who uh, John if, McCain, John, yeah, well, John McCain's still around. Yeah. yeah. If Bob Dole were to read that, now it's different because Bob Dole never had a chance. Bob Dole was the Washington Generals against the Globetrotters that year. Am <laughs> well, I right about that election? It was his turn. <laughs> it, right. right, right. It was his turn. Is like next up on the schedule. It's like the batting cage. Next kid with a quarter. Let's Which say is kind of what Hillary was going with the the, the last go around. Yeah, it was her yeah. turn. It was her turn. Damn ah, it. Well, it was, it was her, her turn, turn but she right, and she sat. She yeah. took a back seat, yeah. and she was a team player, and she didn't get the backing. I put up the with the blame. women. Yeah. I put up with the cutting in line by the Obamas. She swallowed her <laughs> yeah. rising that, stomach acid time after. I time. took that Secretary of State job that we all know was beneath me. <laughs> My turn. My turn. Get out of the way. (laughs) Well, if Romney had been in a dominant position against a very nutbag, uh, very weak candidate, like let's say it was Romney up 15 points on Bernie Sanders with a month to go in the election, and he fucked it up, I know this. As Team Elephant, I wouldn't want him reading books on any Grammy shows. Going, different mindset. Ha-has. Those two brains are different things going on, Steve. Really? Yeah. Why should they be? It's all about winning elections, right? It's all about holding are, are the candidates who yeah, don't win elections I'd accountable. Say one right? side is driven by feelings, while the other is okay. not. Okay. Well, anyway, for those of you that are big Democrats listening now and big Hillary fans, I hope you enjoyed the laugh. It was a well-executed laugh. They loved even, it. Even I, though the it was reaction like, from the crowd, even though ratings for the Grammys were low. Ah, uh, yeah. Low. You know why? Because so many issues. Social issues. Kesha singing her song about, I hope you're praying. Whether or not she's strong and, and worthy and this is a big issue, at the end of the day, what do we want, Bob? The just, music. Yeah. Just yeah, there, sing. There's a, there's a Shut up and factor sing. that goes along with. It, right. Yeah, even for the most worthy causes that are not political, that are not necessarily your side, my side. At some point, there's fatigue of Jesus. Do you have a song to show us? I have been to shows, Don Henley, particularly, where he started to get preachy on stage about whatever. And and I have screamed as loud as I could. Shut up and sing at Don Henley. Yep. As loud as the leader of your favorite rock band of all time. Yep. I know your opinions, Don. I know what they are. You've been very clear on those over the years. (laughs) I didn't come. I didn't come for this. I came for you to sing last worthless evening. Start singing. Don't make this my (laughs) last worthless evening. Sing. (laughs) <laughs> wow, that's bold. I like that though. Did anyone join you? Uh, no. I seem to be kind of a lone voice. Okay, were you drunk? There are a lot of people groaning around me, like, "Oh, here we go." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh, here we go. <laughs> right, right, it's kind of one of those. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah. Ooh, here we go. Oh boy, someone's <laughs> mad about Don Henley's issues. He's not alone. You get it from Bono. You get it from everybody. They've all got, you know, they've got you there. They got your money. Now you got to listen for a minute. Yeah. Or you could go get a beer or you could go to the bathroom. Where do you plan to watch the Super Bowl? You need to get on record, both you guys. I need you to pick the game, pick the score, give me the MVP, and a a small footnote of something interesting that will happen in the game. Bob, you start. Who's going to win the Super Bowl and what is the score? Start with that. Score? 28-17. All right. MVP? Boy, that's a tough one because nobody saw it coming uh, last year. It was, was it White last year? No, it was Brady. Was it Brady? Yeah. The only time Brady did not win Super Bowl MVP was when Deion Branch won it yeah. in the Eagles 
Patriots Super Bowl in 04. Well, nobody Branch on the Patriots. Caught, Branch caught like a million passes that day. Nobody on the Patriots defense is going to win it. What if yeah. there's a, a strip sack in Brady. overtime? Brady. Brady. Okay. Brady. Yeah. So Brady's the MVP. Anything yeah. else notable in the game? Um, uh, Janet Jackson's breast will be exposed again at halftime. Really? Yes. Breast yes. or nipple? Yeah. Because the, there's a both difference. jugs this time. I, breast or nipple? Because side boob is acceptable. A certain amount Rube, of side uh, boob. Nipple. Nipple okay. again. All right, Brian. Score, and who's going to win? Thirty-five, twenty-four. Patriots. Uh, Brady MVP. Uh, moment to remember, Roger Goodell falls down some steps. Oh, my God. How great would that be? A flight or just a couple? Some, I don't know. Okay. I'd love for him to be pushed down a, a whole section of stands. Robert Kraft shoves him it. down the stairs after they win. Right. <laughs> yeah, take that, nerdlinger. <laughs> With him being unhurt, of course, we would never want the, the commissioner to have a hair on his no. head hurt whatsoever but it'd be funny if he just looked stupid having to gather himself up after whoa what the hell was that there i look pretty stupid Shane, get me off this crazy thing and are you are There's you stairs roger and are you going to any super bowl parties planning no no okay. stand at home okay no it's too late i gotta go to bed i'll watch okay. the second half home in bed. couch right. tv probably taco bell all right if you need a trinket from minneapolis let me know okay and I'll probably forget it, but just let me know. I don't. I don't need no nothing from Minneapolis. Okay, well, we'll see about that. <laughs> see, all if right. They, if, if they have a second place ring for all the Super Bowls that they went to, I'd like one of those. <laughs> would you Would you like a, a small vial of Eagles tears if I can collect them safely from Eagle fans as they lose again? No. Okay. We'll have see to about that. Put their head in some sort of trap or vice to get those tears. If they're passed out from being drunk on the sidewalk, I might be able to get a little vial under there. Ooh, here we go. Some Eagles tears. All right, boys. Thanks for the time, as always, and we'll uh, we'll see you next time. Bob and Brian World, go subscribe. Right, Bob and Brian World com. Correct. The updated daily. I love it. Beautiful. Thanks for your time, fellas. We'll see you next week. Bye. Let's end with this today. At the Super Bowl, there's always stories that are just tiny, little, inconsequential stories that are sometimes the funniest and most interesting of stories once you start digging into them. And I would say that this one falls in that category. Headline in the Minneapolis Star Tribune. Ike's Food and Cocktails pulls Super Bowl menu. And I mean, instantly thinking, because the NFL said you can't say Super Bowl? No. They pulled their Super Bowl menu after Firestorm over $36 guacamole. What? Come on. Good. This is going to be on an episode of Come On Man at some point. The internet says the story is calling it Guacgate 2018. Of course, everything has to have a gate on it. Ike's Food and Cocktails, Route 50, South 6th Street. Or, excuse me, 50 South 6th Street. I'm not going there, I don't think. Debuted a special Super Bowl menu with some big ticket items. One of those Super Bowl items was guacamole and chips for $36. Well, you didn't say you got chips for the $36. You're right, I didn't. I said $36 guacamole. Uh, The chips, I'm sure, cost $3 per chip. I would love to know the cost per chip, the CPC on restaurant tortilla chips bought in bulk. That would be, if anyone knows that, any uh, food suppliers, restaurateurs, do tell me. Uh, Give me the CPC on that. These $36 guac and chips menu item was not the only 
very expensive Super Bowl menu item. Beef skewers went for $72. Four sliders went for $38. And a 10-ounce filet went for $110. People quickly noticed and said, whoa, what the hell, Ike's? What's wrong with you? I go to Ike's all the time. Why are you jacking these prices? Ike's regular menu has the guacamole and chips priced at $12. That, of course, prompted the restaurant to quickly back out and walk down and disavow and say, uh, uh, well, uh, yeah, uh. In its own Facebook post, Ike's walked back their high-priced guac, calling it a mistake. But then uh, the post disappeared. Of course, somebody was able to catch it with a screen grab. The post on Facebook said, Dear Ike's Food and Cocktail Friends, We accept, please accept our sincerest apologies. We made a mistake. Guacamole and chips is priced at $12, not 36 as stated on our Super Bowl menu. This is a misprint. Our service staff is communicating the correct price to all guests. Yeah, but shh, don't tell us sucker out-of-towners like me. <laughs> then we'll walk in, yeah, well, seems like a fair price, 36 bucks. What do I care? I'm expensing this anyway. The company will pay for it. Ike's uh, has since said, well, okay, I told you that. They said it was a mistake. I, listen, I don't blame them. Get what you can if you're going to hoodwink some suckers, some out-of-towners like me and others that are not paying for our food, And Bev, then I say, go for it. That this even became a story, though, is something that's kind of funny. Because, of course, the headline says, here's the word, firestorm. I doubt there was really a firestorm. I think there's a few people on Twitter going, hey, what the fuck, Ikes? You're jacking people on this. This is outrageous. That's not a firestorm. Six tweets and a Facebook post is not a firestorm. There better be people picketing outside Ike's, throwing things through the window, not that I advocate that, for it to actually be a firestorm. But I'm glad that reasonable guacamole prices have come back to Minneapolis. Thank you for making this Humble Zabecast a part of your podcast diet. Of course, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever you download your podcast. Tell two, five, eleven friends. Help me make this thing grow and grow. You can email me at zabe at yahoo.com. Follow me on Twitter at zabe. We love topics, suggestions, factual corrections, technical feedback, attaboys, and go to hells. They're all welcome. Now get off your phone. Go live your life. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. At Vanguard, you're more than just a parent. You're the heart of the family. You're the first responder to any need. You can be the hero and the villain, sometimes on the same day. Because you know that in the end, your legacy is the values you instill in them. At Vanguard, you're more than just an investor. You're an owner. Because the future you're building is bigger than yourself. Discover the value of ownership at Vanguard.com. Fund shareholders own the funds that own Vanguard. Vanguard Marketing Corporation Distributor. Hi, I'm Thierry Henry. 
and I invite you to listen to The Last Days of Maradona. It's a podcast where we will reconstruct the last moments of Diego Maradona's life. For many, November 25th of 2020 marked the death of a god. But throughout this series, we will discover that the person who died was just Diego. A father, a son, an idol. The Last Days of Maradona, a Spotify original podcast. Thank you.